manly deeds, scholarship, and love for all mankind. It is episode 14 of For Our Edification. Thank you for downloading this edition of For Our Edification. I'm Eddie Francis. For Our Edification is brought to you with the support of the Purposeful Philanthropy Foundation. And the podcast is available on some of the biggest platforms. Uh, talking about iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Google, and then also the home base, Podbean. And so make sure that you go to eddiefrancis.com and you check out the For Our Edification podcast page man it's been a minute it has been a minute um yeah i kind of went on a podcast hiatus for a little bit and you know i had so much going on i had so much going on in my life i just had so much going on in my life i was in grad school so i finally finished up uh, grad school uh, just waiting for that degree yep that's right put some respect on my name eddie francis mps master of professional studies uh had a job change too yeah now the uh director of communications and marketing at dillard university dillard in uh new orleans and so um i i just had to step away for a little bit and and get some stuff straight but i'm glad i'm back in and the other thing is i just needed some inspiration needed some inspiration to 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 talk about something that would just get me going and Kamala Harris got me going. This sister, in her Democratic nomination for vice president speech, gave a shout out to the Divine Nine. What? Yeah, let's talk about it. The views and opinions expressed on For Our Edification do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the hosts, guests, or any entities with which we are affiliated. Thank you for downloading this edition of For Our Edification. I'm Eddie Francis. Kamala Harris, she gets the um, Democratic nomination for Vice President of the United States. She gives a shout out to the Divine Nine. Of course, also in there, her dear sisters of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and uh, also HBCUs, especially her alma mater, Howard. So, if you're not familiar with the Divine Nine, I'm sure you're probably still wondering about it maybe you looked it up maybe you did not so here's a quick lesson the divine nine consists of the nine major historically african-american fraternities and sororities college-based fraternities and sororities um there are five fraternities there are four sororities ladies first so there's of course kamala harris's sorority alpha kappa alpha uh, there is also Delta Sigma Theta, Loretta Lynch, first woman to first black woman, I'm sorry, to serve as attorney general. She's a member of Delta Sigma Theta. There is a Zeta Phi Beta. I had to make sure I hit that T. Um, and uh, my wife, Halima, she is a, a proud finer woman of Zeta Phi Beta. And then there is Sigma Gamma Rho. Uh, by the way, Alpha Kappa Alpha founded 1908 at Howard, Delta Sigma Theta, 1913 at Howard, Zeta, uh, 1920 at Howard, and um, there is Sigma Gamma Rho, 1922 at Butler University. And then there are the five fraternities. There's my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha, founded on a cold Tuesday, December 4th, 1906, 
at Cornell University. And then there's also Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh, they were founded in 1911 at Indiana University. Omega Psi Phi, uh, 1911, Howard University. Uh, Phi Beta Sigma, the brother organization by constitution to Zeta Phi Beta. They were founded in 1914 at Howard. Uh, and then there is Iota Phi Theta. They were founded in 1963 at Morgan State. Now, there is a connection between uh, A and AKA. Uh, that connection, although we are not constitutionally bound like Zeta and Sigma are, um, we do have uh, a special relationship because one of the brothers of Alpha, George Lyle, was married to uh, one of the founders of AKA, Ethel Hedgeman Lyle. And then uh, Omega Sapphire and uh, Delta Sigma Theta, they have a similar relationship, actually. You might hear them talk about Coleman Love. Um, and that is in reference to one of the Delta founders, um, Edna Brown Coleman, who was married to one of the Omega founders, uh, Frank Coleman. So there you have it, uh, you know, just a really quick uh, lesson about the Divine Nine. And when I heard that shout out, I, I did this Twitter thread. It was a 15 part Twitter thread that I talked about it because I was pretty excited about it. And I think the thing that really got a lot of us excited, besides just the shout out itself, is the recognition of what our letters mean to us and what our letters have helped us accomplish in the divine nine. And my thing is this, for a lot of us, our letters helped us really establish a strong sense of identity and value. Now that's not to say that none of us had any kind of identity before we became members. That's not true. A lot of us had you know, very strong identities. I know I did. I had a very strong identity before, before I became an alpha, but being a member of a Divine Nine organization for a lot of us, I think, really helped us shape what our identity is and help us really figure out what our value um, is to the people around us. And so about 20 years ago, I really wanted to dig into what the what the secret sauce is. Why is it that, number one, we are so dedicated to our organizations. You know, why, why Kamala Harris, a woman who is on the biggest stage of her life so far, accepting the nomination for vice president of the United States of America from the Democratic Party, why did she take just a second to give a shout out to her sorority and to the Divine Nine? Biggest stage! Big fish to fry, right? Big fish to fry. We have a we have a country to run. And you're shouting out your sorority? These divine nine people? Well, Alpha Kappa Alpha is a part of her success journey. And it's a part of the success journey for a lot of us in the divine nine. So 20 years ago, I decided that I really, really wanted to dig into this. And I started researching, you know, what this was about. And I ran across the research of one Walter Kimbrough, who is now president of Dillard University, where I am. And so I read his stuff and I became so excited that somebody started looking at this on an academic level. 
And then I read a book by Lawrence Ross, uh, The Divine Nine, History of African-American Fraternities and Sororities. Whoa, okay, now somebody really wants to give this a language. Cool. Years later, I found out that the person who really kind of kicked a lot of this off was a guy I had the pleasure of meeting at St. John's University, Andre McKenzie. 1986, he wrote a dissertation, and uh, the dissertation was called Fraters, uh, Black Greek Letter Fraternities at Four Historically Black Colleges. So the doors get blown off here. People are starting to really trying to figure this out. What exactly is it that gets so many of us from point A in our lives to point B, and we keep connecting ourselves to our fraternities and sororities in the Divine Nine? Well, I saw something interesting. I started looking at different points in history in which the Divine Nine had some kind of significant presence. And check this out. From this, I created what's called a Black Greek Success Timeline. It's actually at the website blackgreeksuccess.org, a website that I run. And I'll tell you about the Black Greek Success Program in just a little bit. But if you take a look at this Black Greek success timeline, here's some interesting things. So let's take a look at 1914. Lucy Diggs Slow, uh, she's one of the AKA founders. She became the first African-American woman to win a major sports title, tennis. And then you have Sadie Tanner Moselle Alexander, first African-American woman to earn a PhD. And then there's Carter G. Woodson, Omega Sci-Fi. He creates... Negro History Week, which we now know as Black History Month, uh, Violet Anderson. She became the first African-American female attorney admitted to practice before the U.S. Supreme Court. By the way, she later on became uh, Grand Basilis of Zeta Phi Beta. All right, let's go ahead. Let's skip ahead a little bit, right? Charles Drew, Omega Sci Phi. You know who Charles Drew is. If you don't, go ahead, look him up. And then you have Brown versus the Board of Education. That legal team full of people from the Divine Nine, Thurgood Marshall, Charles Hamilton, Houston, both alphas, Robert L. Carter, alpha, Constance Baker Motley, a.k.a. Charles Scott, a kappa, Oliver Hill, Spotswood Robinson, James uh, uh, Nabert, Omega Sci-Fi. Let's skip ahead to the 60s. The 60s. Black America takes a big step into politics. Robert C. Weaver, Omega Sci-Fi, becomes the first African-American Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. And then you go into uh, the 70s. Tom Bradley, Kappa Alpha Psi, becomes the first black mayor of uh, Los Angeles. Maynard Jackson becomes the first black mayor of Atlanta, Alpha Phi Alpha. And then go a little further. Harold Washington becomes the first black mayor of Chicago, Phi Beta Sigma. And then we start taking our steps even further into the presidential cabinet. Alexis Herman, first African-American secretary of labor, Delta Sigma Theta, Louis Sullivan, Alpha, first African-American man to be appointed secretary of health and human services. Iota Phi Theta's J. Keith Motley, first African-American chancellor of University of Massachusetts, Boston, 2007. The first woman to serve as CEO, of the AARP, Joanne Jenkins, Zeta Phi Beta. And so the history just keeps getting made throughout time. 
I know that took a long time. I know you're probably sitting there going, man, is he ever going to stop? Well, that's the point. That is the point. And I'm looking at this. I'm looking at all of these points in history, but I still had this trouble kind of assigning a language to the secret sauce. So what I did at some point was I started this program called the Black Greek Success Program, an on-campus speaking presentation that I've done for um, college members of the Divine Nine. I'll tell you about that in just a sec. It's for our edification. I'm Eddie Francis. The Black Greek Success Program is something that I started in 2003. And what I really wanted to do was educate college members of the Divine Nine about servant leadership and how to build that servant leadership in college. Now, for a few years, I kind of I just kind of went for it and, and students loved it. But I still had trouble really finding the language to really to talk about what makes the divine nine such a significant presence in America. So then I started my graduate program. I studied leadership. Strategic leadership is what I studied. And I ran across some leadership theories. And the theoretical framework that helped me realize how we are able to operate is called the leader member exchange theory. The leader member exchange theory says that leaders operate according to the relationships they're able to form with followers. But in the leader member exchange theory, followers are not just followers. So if there's this relationship that has the leader going in a certain way or a certain direction, you can't necessarily have a bunch of yes people around you. And I realized that what happens in our organizations is that followership is a significant presence. Followership means that you are an active participant in the organization and its health and its progress. You provide the leader feedback but you provide the leader feedback based on your expertise, based on your skills, based on your talents. You know what you're talking about. You're confident and you're competent. And that's what we have in the divine nine. So there's this organic presence of leadership where a lot of the leadership comes from the followers. And there's this very strong presence of followership that empowers the leaders to make the kinds of decisions that they need to make. So yeah, this is the proverbial too many chiefs, no Indians, but in some cases you can't have too many chiefs. And sometimes that's the way it works in the divine nine. It, it occurred to me. So the takeaway for students, when I do this black Greek success program is that they can lead more intentionally as a foundation for servant leadership, but then also to achieve personal success after college. The lesson for me in all of this is that we stand on the shoulders of giants who had the vision to want to decide what kind of future that they wanted. And going back to some of the research that President Kimbrough did, one of the things that came out of his research, it's a small part of it, 
But he found that when black students existed in black organizations in predominantly on predominantly white campuses, they had these opportunities to fail forward because they were not judged and they didn't feel judged. So imagine that you have all of these young black folks and they are in this shared space with one another where they are bound by a mission. And they're also bound by a cause. And I'll get to that in just a little bit. They're bound by a mission. They're bound by a cause. And they are in a space where they can fail forward. That's what the divine nine does for its members. And that's where the confidence comes for a lot of folks to be able to lead their communities, lead their organizations and to gain this great sense of ambition. So why did Kamala Harris do this shout out? Why did she take the time to make a shout out to Alpha Kappa Alpha? Because she recognizes that AKA helped her get to where she is. Alpha Phi Alpha helped me get to where I am. But the question is, how did it happen? So let's look at this. Um, let's look at this as um, the hierarchy of needs, right? So in the hierarchy of needs, the theory there is that people need certain things in order to be their best selves. And the hierarchy of need says that first people have physiological needs, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, you know. Um, so, so, if, so to put this in perspective, clean water, Flint, Michigan. So what is happening to that community that they do with, with their not having clean water if you look at it in the context of the hierarchy of needs, right? But then you have safety needs and that would be personal security, employment, resources, right? You have love and belonging needs, friendship, intimacy, uh, a sense of connection with people. Aha, a sense of connection. So now we're starting to see where any fraternity or sorority comes into play. And then there is esteem, respect, self-esteem, recognition, status, and then the big one, self-actualization to be the best that you can possibly be. So think of someone, a kid in Flint, Michigan right now, wanting to be the best that he could possibly be, but he doesn't even have clean water. So if he were to go to college and finally going to college, going away to college. This kid is able to drink clean water, get in a bigger community, get out of a situation that he probably thought he could not get out of. He becomes a member of a fraternity. Let's say that, that this kid sees, um, he sees the, uh, the, the Kappas. And he and this kid loves tennis. He finds out that Arthur Ashe, one of the tennis greats, was a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. And he decides he's going to become a Kappa. Then, you know, and of course, he finds out all these other great men were Kappas, right? Ralph Abernathy, you know, you name it. Just go down the list. And he realizes, wait a minute. 
I, I can really learn something from this experience and, and I can be like uh, I can be like Arthur Ashe. Or I can be like one of my favorite historical figures, Daniel Chappie James, maybe. I can be like him. He's a Kappa, right? Now this kid is in a place where he is starting to have this sense of love and belonging. Because by going to college, by the way, he was able to get safety needs, right? But now he has a sense of love and belonging as a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. But he's failing forward. He's in chapter meeting. He's, he's on a committee. And on this committee, he's he's making mistakes, but the brothers are, are surrounding him and they're and they're saying, listen, it's all right. It's all right, man. We'll get this right. We'll get this right. Well, now esteem comes into play and then he wins an award. The Kappas recognize him, maybe not the national organization, but you know what? Let's say he wins an award from the chapter. Then he wins an award from his area, then his district, then his region. Um, and then he wins it from the national. I know, I know those aren't the terms that, um, I know those are not the terms that Kappa's use, by the way, for their, for their areas. But he, let's say a uh, province, they use, they use terms like province, but let's say he, he, he gets all of this. All of a sudden, this young man now has the confidence to go out and do whatever it is he wants. And he see, he saw something bigger than himself, but he was able to get all of the needs and get this, when you're talking about historically African-American fraternities and sororities, when you're talking about that, you're talking about presumably in many cases, people who are coming from marginalized communities, if they are not in a directly marginalized situation themselves. I mean, listen, my, my parents, I, I grew up in a middle class family, but I, I'm from a marginalized community. And so now what happens is that as a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, his network of leadership is expanded by virtue of a fraternity. But then he meets alphas, he meets deltas, he meets iotas, he meets SG rows, he meets zetas, he meets everybody. This network gets even bigger for this kid, for this man. And he sees that the Divine Nine is like an ambition festival. People aren't sitting there going, I just want a good job after college. He's talking to people who are saying, well, when I become a senator, you know what? When I become an HBCU president, when I become president of the United States. Folks come to the divine nine with this raw potential. Now, one thing I'm very clear on is that if somebody, you know, the divine nine, one thing we cannot do, we're not software. I say this all the time. We are software. We don't do upgrades. So if somebody does not come wanting to be a servant leader then it's going to be pretty hard for them if they make it into the organization but if they have that raw potential and they have that desire to be a great leader to have a mission-driven life then they can be a great member of their organization and great chapters they shape that potential that folks have great example of that is uh, Halima's home chapter of Zeta Phi Beta, Ravishing Ro Alpha at Hampton University. Great stories about how thoughtful they were in grooming one another. Great stories about how they worked really hard to make sure that the women in that chapter were able to achieve things after college. They led with intention. 
and still do lead with intention. And one of the things that I tell students in the Black Greek Success Program is that if you can figure out how to lead a group of diverse personalities right now, you can figure out how to advance in your career. Because we are talking about some strong, diverse personalities. And I know that for myself, when I got into my professional career, it didn't matter what color people were. I paid attention to personalities because I remember sitting in chapter meetings and having to navigate all these personalities. By the time I got to the workforce, oh yeah, I, I got it. I understood. I understood how to navigate a lot of these personalities. I had to work on my, my emotional intelligence for some, for some time, but hey, you know, I got there. So why did she, Kamala Harris, decide to take this time to give a shout out to Alpha Kappa Alpha in her nomination speech for vice president of the United States of America because of the way the sorority contributed to her identity and value because of how the sorority probably provided her the needs that she needed to get over the hump in her life to get from point A to point B because Alpha Kappa Alpha for her like the rest of the divine eye for a lot of us helped her develop this sense of identity and value helped her figure out who she is and how she influences those around her. That's why for a lot of us, our letters are forever uh, for, for, for divine eye members, our fraternities and sororities. It is not a college thing. You're listening to For Our Edification, a podcast. I'm Eddie Francis, and we're talking about Kamala Harris's shout out to the Divine Nine. Why did she do that? Doesn't she have better things to talk about in a vice presidential nomination speech? Of course she does. She talked for a long time about some very important things. But that one, those few seconds, that really, really stood out. Because there's so many people in the Divine Nine who get fooled into thinking that it just doesn't matter. It's a college thing. And so when a lot of us, we get to our professional lives, we're like, oh, well, no, I'm not going to, you know, that's, that's, that's all behind me, that whole sorority fraternity thing. Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense. But we're not just some social network. Predominantly white fraternities and sororities, they... Uh, they are social organizations, but we are built on causes. Neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. You know, I mentioned this scenario a couple of minutes ago about the kid who's from Flint, Michigan, has to fight through the environment to to really reach uh, greater heights in his life. I mean, he comes from a situation where he doesn't have doesn't even have clean water every day, clean running water. But if that kid becomes a member of a divine eye fraternity, he gets a sense of community with other leaders. Now, I'm going to make a bold statement here. I believe that the divine nine is the most significant leadership network that black America has ever seen. I know that is bold. And I know that if you're somebody who is not a member of the divine nine, you probably said, okay, no, it's time for me to turn this podcast off. This brother's tripping. Who does this fool think he is? Please. Y'all now, come on, y'all ain't all that. Listen, if I weren't in the Divine Nine, that would be my response, okay? 
Real talk. It, it, it really would be. It really would be. But let's go back to the Black Greek success timeline. Okay? Let's test this theory. When I do say Harlem Renaissance, who do you think about first? Langston Hughes, maybe? Okay, cool. Omega Sci-Fi. Zora Neale Hurston? Okay. Zeta Phi Beta. Oh, James Weldon Johnson. Mm. Phi Beta Sigma. Duke Ellington? Alpha Phi Alpha. When I say civil rights movement, who do you think about? John Lewis. Ha ha, gotcha. Oh, Phi Beta Sigma. Okay, all right. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, Alpha Phi Alpha. Oh, how about Baynard Rustin? You don't know anything about Baynard Rustin, do you? Yeah, I know that he was a member of Omega Sci-Fi. And then, you know, I remind you of the mayors of cities, the political movement, the first black mayors of many cities, members of the Divine Nine. Didn't even mention one of the biggest cities, David Dinkins, New York, Alpha Phi Alpha. I mean, let's take a let's take a typical scenario that happens for a lot of people in the Divine Nine. OK, you go to uh, work one day um, and, you know, somebody sees your car. They see they see that you are a member of Delta Sigma Theta and say, oh, you're Delta, huh? Yeah. Oh, OK, I'm an iota. Really? Yeah. OK, y'all kind of came last, didn't y'all? You know, giving the iota a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. We came with the heat. We came during the revolution. Exchange, exchange, exchange. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so is an alpha. What? Yeah. And uh, and your girl, so-and-so? Yeah, she's my Sora. She's a Delta. And then there's so-and-so who's a, she's a manager and such and such. Um, she's a, she's an SG role. And then there's a, oh, who's the guy? The guy, the guy. Yeah, I think he's an Omega. Yeah, he's a Q. Yeah, da, 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 da. What? Yep. But then you have this conversation and you're like, you know, it's really good to find somebody who kind of sees this stuff and understands it the way I understand it. Yeah, because, you know, man, you know, I don't know if you ever went through this when you were online. I don't know, you know, when you went through your process. But, oh, yeah, we went through that. We did that, too. Oh, yeah. You know what that taught me? So now you're talking to these folks who have gone through the same kind of stuff you've gone through, the same kind of leadership lessons. They learned poetry when they were pledging like you did. And you realize that among all of you, there's this tremendous sense, not only of community, but purpose and service. And by the way, that sense of purpose and service is the reason that there are so many folks in the Divine Nine who are not black. There are a lot of white folks in the Divine Nine. A lot of Latinos, a lot of Asians, Middle Easterners, a lot of folks from so many different uh, nations who are not black, who are part of the Divine Nine. There's actually a book that I'm reading right now uh, called The Pledge with a Purpose. Uh, it is by Gregory Parks um, and Matthew Huey. Uh, Parks is one of my frat brothers. He's an alpha brother. Matthew Huey, though, is a white member of Phi Beta Sigma. I, I have a frat brother, Luke Keys, uh, he, he's Northern Kentucky University. This brother, I, he's, believe, I kid you not, he is Mr. NAACP, a white man, Mr. NAACP. And he, I don't think he's faking the funk either. Luke does his thing. But they, they have told us on so many occasions, 
especially those of us who uh, graduated from predominantly white institutions. We have asked these folks, why do you want to be a member of my fraternity? Why do you want to be a member of that sorority? Do you realize that you were giving up part of your life culturally to do this? Do you understand that? Do you understand that when you get in this organization, it's going to be blackity, black, black, black all the time, all black, all the time. There will be no escape, no surrender. You are going to go to the chapter meeting and we're going to be talking about some black stuff. Service project in the hood. We are going to be doing service in the hood. We're going to be around a, bu a bunch of whole black kids cussing, dropping and bombs, by the way. You're going to hear that. You can't say it, but you're going to hear it. And you really want to be a part of this? This is not your world. And repeatedly what these folks have told us is you guys are so serious about service, though. And it's funny because I think they see more of it in us than we see in ourselves. You guys, you're always giving. You're always doing something you don't have to do, but is good. And that's what many a Divine Nine member has heard from someone who is not black, who wants to be in our organizations. I love the way y'all practice brotherhood. I love the way y'all practice sisterhood. There's just something so real about it. So yeah, that secret sauce of a sense of purpose and service and community, it is what propels us to do what we do. It is the reason that the divine nine came up in a vice presidential nomination speech at any given time. You are going to hear somebody from the divine nine say service is the is the rent you pay for time on this earth. It's not a college thing for us. It really isn't. And I'm sorry, conspiracy theorists. We are not some Illuminati secret society type thing. Yeah, we got secrets. You have secrets, too, by the way, personally. How would you like me to put your secrets out? That's for another discussion. But this is where a lot of us have come to understand servant leadership and what it is. This is why so many people in the divine nine are in education, law and government. Because we see that's where we can make real change. <laughs> You're listening to uh, For Our Edification. I'm Eddie Francis, and uh, we're talking about the impact of the Divine Nine. I wrote a piece about this, actually, um, uh, for the Huffington Post. If you go to my website, if you go to eddiefrancis.com, you'll see among my media links that, um, that there's a link to my Huffington Post profile. And you'll see that I wrote a piece about the Divine Nine and the impact I wrote a lot of stuff about the divine nine. Love this life. But I love this life is not because of some narcissistic fantasy, right? Which, you know, I, I'll get to that in a second. But it, it's, it's not it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I like to be seen. I mean, come on now. I do. I'm not going to lie about that. But I have dedicated the past 20 years of my life to this stuff because I have seen what happens when somebody goes from zero to hero with our letters on. Again, I take you back to the situation of Flint, Michigan, the kid who just doesn't have clean running water. 
but able to achieve success. Ah, got that Kappa Alpha Psi. Able to achieve success as a member of a fraternity. And I use Kappa Alpha Psi as the example. But listen, I, I, I know that it's not all rosy for us. I know. I know. So when you're in the divine nine and you get into these conversations, you always have to acknowledge just to make some people happy. You always have to acknowledge the setbacks because people can't wait to talk about the setbacks of the divine nine. But they are serious. I mean, hazing is the top of the agenda of issues that we've got to fix in our organizations. Um, for me, it's social media behavior, too. I mean, there's there's something there that uh, that we need to address as a community. But I would say another thing um is that um, we do have some issues with narcissism in our organizations. I'm not just throwing it out there. I studied narcissism as part of my grad grad school studies. So I'm not just throwing it out there. A lot of us, we are are very self-important. We can be grandiose and we can feel some kind of way. We can feel so vulnerable when people say something about our letters that 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 would be untoward <laughs> you know we we can't just overlook it we can't just take it in stride a lot of us and i was like that once upon a time man and I, I and i get it but it is a problem you cannot be so narcissistic that you don't understand how to have a simple conversation with folks who say i don't understand why you're so into this frat now 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 now, if they draw first blood, you know, they say something nasty to you to start the conversation. Oh, yeah, you got to take a piece out of them real quick. And then you go back to, you know, you know, you, you go back to a rational explanation and discussion. But you got you got to let folks know that you're not going to just take that kind of stuff. Right. Because here's the thing. A, a lot of people like the conspiracy theorists who think that we're all part of the Illuminati plot. Here's the thing that they will not tell you. They will tell you, oh, yeah, so-and-so, you know, your boy was kind of nasty to me. It is your frat brother. But see, they won't tell you that they sent them, they inboxed them, or they DM'd them with some stuff about, yo, N-word, why you so into that frat crap? See, they don't tell you how they start the conversation. They just tell you about the second punch that was thrown. But you know what? This is why we are in these organizations, because the great thing, uh, despite all of that, is that we have some members who are so full of grace and they are so community oriented and they care very deeply and they can handle this stuff. They are they are very emotionally intelligent. And they are the ones whose backs we stand on to. I don't just stand on the backs of of people like the Martin Luther Kings and the Adam Clayton Powells and uh, you know when it comes to Alpha Phi Alpha and Jesse Owens I don't just stand on their backs I stand on the backs of of some of my current frat brothers who are working very hard out there right now very hard so the leadership that we are able to uh, perform in our lives is no accident absolutely no accident so let's close this thing out. I know that was a pretty long commentary. Uh, I really appreciate you hanging out. If you've listened this long, then you know what? Bless you. I, I, I mean, I mean that. I mean that because, um, you know, the Divine Nine has such a limited appeal. And I know there are people who don't always want to hear this stuff. Um, 
if you're not a member of the Divine Nine. Of course, I know I'm probably going to get the, the criticism emails from fellow Divine Nine members because, you know, that always happens. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. But that Divine Nine shout out that uh, Kamala Harris did in her vice presidential nomination speech, uh, that, that came from a very real place. Um, did she do it to mobilize a black vote? Of course she did. Come on now. Come on now. Let's not, you know, I'm not naive. But also understand that her saying that could have been seen as silly. It could have, it could have taken some folks off track and they didn't listen to the rest of her speech, but they listened to the rest of her speech. But I appreciated the shout out because it tells me that my membership means something. And it tells me that, well, no, it reminds me. It reminds me that that I did what I did. I became a member of Alpha Phi Alpha because I saw the bigger purpose. I saw what I wanted to uh, accomplish in, in, in my life. I saw what I want to communicate to the rest of the community. One of the things I tell people in the Divine Nine and I tell students this when I'm doing the Black Rig Success Program, the way that you are brothers with one another, the way you practice your brotherhood, the way you practice your sisterhood, that's an example to other people of how to, how to work together. The energy that you bring to your campus, that tells people that they should be excited and enthusiastic about who they are and where they are. They don't have to be members of our organizations to, to have a great sense of identity and value, but the way we celebrate our identity and value is a signal to other people to celebrate theirs. We inspire people. We motivate people. But more than that, and most importantly than that, we serve people. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of For Our Edification. Hey, make sure that when you get an opportunity, you check us out on the platforms. You can go to my website, eddiefrancis.com, but also make sure you check us out on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and more. Rate the podcast, follow the podcast, share the podcast with friends, all right? For Dr. Halima Leek Francis, a finer woman of Zeta Phi Beta, I'm Eddie Francis, A-Phi, and you have been listening to For Our Edification.